Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When we last left him, Ricky Martin was busy giving an unforgettable performance at the 1999 Grammys. Henny, he made his, mark my words, tree that night. He was the first Latino artist to sing in a World Cup and shook his bonbon, shook his bonbon at the Grammys. Joseph, I can't see you, but are you sweating? My cheeky baby, I'm schwitzing. It's giving moisture. Ooh, dewy. I like it. Okay, so those black leather pants definitely had an effect. Right after that performance, interest in Ricky peaked, and suddenly everyone wanted a piece of him. Vente paca, vente paca, vente paca, yeah, wow. Oh, hold on, hold on, cowboy. We've got a lot to cover before we get to that single. Ricky was all in right from the start. This wasn't his first rodeo. The states were just discovering who he was, but the music world wasn't new to him, and he was going to make the most of this moment. He was going to blow open some doors. And he was generous enough to make sure that those doors stayed open wide enough for future icons to follow through. I'm your host, Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And this is... Becoming an Icon. A weekly podcast where we give you the rundown on how today's most famous Latinx stars have shaped pop culture. And given the world some extra sabor. Sit back and get comfortable. Because we are going in. The only way we know how. With buenas vibras. Algunas risas. Some chisme. And a lot of opinions as we relive their greatest achievements on our journey to find out what makes them so iconic. World Cup, all eyes were on Ricky Martin. He was in the middle of the Stade de France, singing all by himself with no dancers and no big entourage other than a band in sight. Mi amor, what did you expect? That's what you get when you're chismeandoing. Wait, what are you talking about? Well, rumor has it that when Ricky was offered the World Cup song, home dude couldn't keep his lengua quieta, his lips sealed, his mouth shut. 
Yeah, we got it. And? He told everybody on They Mama he would be doing the song before FIFA confirmed it. <gasps> Obvs, the press got hold of this cheesement and it quickly became headlines, making all those soccer officials really pissed. Suddenly, they was like, bitch, you ain't got no money. And we ain't giving you ni madre. Zero production, nothing. What? Zilch. Niente. I always thought he was just being modest and going for like a very streamlined, clean girl aesthetic. Girl. He was like, Papi, I don't care. Nothing gonna rain on my parade. So he suited all the band members in very basic white tees and black trousers and sang and danced his heart off. And we all know it worked like a charm. By the way, look at you, Mr. Cheeseman. You are scooping the scooper. Girl, you know I got it. <laughs> well, Ricky Martin sang 30 minutes before the final match in front of an audience of 65,000 people, but with one and a half billion viewers. I mean, in a time when there was no social media? Yep. Performing in front of an audience of more than a billion viewers worldwide was the opportunity of a lifetime. And Ricky knew how to make the most of this internationally renowned event by recording the song in multiple languages. Okay, meet all old Ricky all lost in translation and shit. He made three versions of La Copa de la Vida. One in Spanish, one in French, and of course, the other in English. About his performance, he said this. I'm a soccer fan, and I wanted it to be evident in the music for all to feel what I feel when I'm in a soccer stadium. Is giving, like, the chills chills. And I know football aficionado, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With the premiere of La Copa de la Vida, Ricky Martin went from being a Latino artist to a worldwide revelation. This interpretation marked a milestone. It was the springboard for his international career, exactly what he needed at that precise moment in time. La Copa de la Vida has been hailed as the best World Cup anthem of all time by multiple sources and became a musical template for every other World Cup anthem since. The song spread like wildfire all over the globe. And it didn't take long for Ricky to attract the attention of the Grammy Awards nominating committee. Mm, can you confirm it was only the song and not that anthem? Hold, please. Let me check my sources. <laughs> With the Grammys in sight, Ricky knew that he would never be offered a better opportunity to impress the American market. Everyone interested in music would have their eyes on the gala. It was exactly what he had been waiting for. Talk about some nerve-wracking moments. I mean, all the who's who in that audience, I can feel the butterflies. Well, he didn't because Ricky Martin was pure energy on the stage and left the entire audience in awe. Okay, well, minus the first 20 rows of bland faces. Shut your butt, not the bland faces. Drag them, Lil. Okay, okay, let me try this again. Bored AF faces made by older white men who were clutching their wives' pearls. <laughs> then it all changed. Everyone jumps out of their seats to applaud him. And let me tell y'all, this is not something that you often see, especially back then at the Grammys. How would you sum up the performance in one word? Fuego, bitch. That's two words. 
Fuego. <laughs> Bitch doesn't count. It's just an ending. It's a punk. It's like okay. an exclamation point. It's a. Yeah, it was an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Fuego, bitch. That's it. I think it was one of the first times that a lot of people in that room, because remember that room then is different than the Grammys now. Um, it was the first time a lot of people in that room probably heard a live salsa band. They heard the spirit and the sound of. Latin music in like its purest form. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, I don't care how white, green, orange, purple, yellow, or blue you are. That music is the world's music. If you do not get up and dance when you hear that music, you're dead. Zero. You need to be resuscitated. Call an ambulance. (laughs) Yeah, your body just, listen, those elderly people got (laughs) up there and they started shaking their bonbon as well. It was very that. How could you not? Even that night, Rosie O'Donnell, who happened to be hosting, said that very famous line, oh my God, I had no idea who it was, but now I know and all of you do too. (laughs) As it happened, everyone wanted to be a part of his energy, his sexuality, and his sheer magnetism. Do you really want it? Yeah, do you really want it? Yeah. I really want it. (laughs) Everybody wanted it. And one of Ricky's best moments at the Grammys was when the auditorium nearly collapsed in that standing ovation. But there was another one that happened backstage when he was praised by none other than Madonna, who wanted Ricky to be in all of her photos. Talk about an extreme makeover. He transformed from hardly known to Madonna's BFF. And you know she loves her gaze. I mean, I still think it was because of those black leather pants, damn it. It didn't matter why. The next day, the whole world wanted to know who's that guy. Ricky conquered the American press and an entire nation succumbed to his sex appeal and dynamic personality. He was invited on shows like The Tonight Show, Good Morning America, The Today Show, of course, and he quickly became a media darling. He was on every cover. You could not escape Ricky Martin. We're talking Time, Newsweek, Rolling Stone, and of course, People Magazine. He was literally everywhere. Believe me, being a celebrity can be really, really consuming. Okay, just because you're on TikTok does not make you famous. (laughs) Just because you're a celebrity sculptor, you're not famous. Okay. (laughs) I mean, you're famous to me. Hello. And in the becoming an icon world, but you know what I mean. No eres famoso, okay? (laughs) Even if he was being harassed and had fans following him at all times and literally everywhere, he said... I was very flattered when the doors of an airport opened and I saw so many people there waiting for me, taking pictures of me and asking for my autographs. Talk about being a nice guy. I mean, he's literally just like me. Oh, that's right. Because when you landed here at LAX, I had to fight through the TMZ core just to help you get your bags in the car, right? (laughs) I mean, you would be surprised, let me tell you. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together. And that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr. And on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate. Because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me, sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. 
Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ricky became so popular that he was offered the opportunity to perform at the inauguration of the President of the United States. Stopit.org. Please tell me it was the Obamas. <laughs> no, Joseph. Oh. It was 2001. And Ricky was asked to perform at President Bush's inauguration ceremony a few years before Obama. Oh, now I remember. Even Bush couldn't contain himself and gave in to Ricky's charm. He got the president all swaying his hips side to side and shit. Yeah, and all politics aside, this is a neutral statement. W isn't really the best dancer. Okay, also neutral statement. He wasn't good at much. You know what I mean? I'm going to leave that right there. Ricky's performance at the ceremony was fun and lighthearted. That January, America got a new president. But all we really wanted was an album from Ricky. And he gave us what we wanted. The demand was so high that Ricky Martin released his next album two weeks early. He is literally the Poricua that keeps on giving. And the states just kept on taking. Ricky Martin debuted atop the U.S. Billboard 200, breaking the record for the largest first week sales for any pop or Latin artist in history. He sold over 7 million copies in the U.S., the best-selling album by a Latin artist in the country, And within three months, Joseph, it became the best-selling album ever (laughs) by a Latin artist. Of course he was going to break the Latin records. I mean, there was very few Latinos before him. 
I mean, of course there was Gloria Stefan and he blew through those numbers. Santa Gloria en los cielos, Miami, está tu trono. Amen. Now, we're not shortchanging the queen, like, Dios mío, no. Before Ricky, Gloria had been the first to make her way up the charts in both Spanish and English. She was the first, no doubt, but Ricky was the first one to cause an... Don't. Do not say it. You know my feelings on this word. Explosion. (laughs) At the time, Ricky was even bigger than Britney. And y'all, I am a... No, don't fight me. Do not come for me. Oh, bitch, you better work. (laughs) This happened the same year as Britney's Baby One More Time debut. The only album that sold more than Ricky at the time was the Backstreet Boys' Millennium. Ricky's album sold anywhere between 15 and 17 million copies worldwide. That sounds all very larger than life, really. I mean, we're talking about millions. So the exact number is really potato, potato. The numbers don't matter. The only thing that really mattered was living la vida loca. Now, this song was obviously at the top of the charts. Everyone loved it. It was written by Ricky's very good friend, Ricky Draco Rosa. And Chris Rock even referred to this as the Puerto Rican whoop, there it is. That's what you think? That's what you thought? It was whoop, there it is? No, honey, this was bigger than whoop, there it is. Let's be honest. (laughs) To this day, Live in La Vida Loca is considered to be Martin's biggest hit and one of the best-selling singles of all time. It broke all the records on the Billboard charts and it made Ricky the first Puerto Rican artist in history to hit number one. Andy Romero from Billboard even wrote, If you look up crossover in the dictionary, there should be a photo of Ricky shaking his bonbon and or Live in La Vida Loca. (laughs) That is hilarious. I mean, my dictionary is nothing but pictures of Ricky Martin. Oh, that's right. That's the 2001 Merriam-Webster Boricua edition, correct? Come to think of it. uh, (laughs) The Independent said. Wait, can I read this part? Go ahead. (sighs) Me, 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 me. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. The single is widely regarded as the song that began the first Latin pop explosion. I wanted to take that word off your shoulders. While people's Jason Sheeler credited as a song that led the way for the late 90s so-called Latin explosion that dominated pop music into the new century. Shakira, Enrique Iglesias, Mark Anthony, and Jennifer Lopez. I'm so triggered. I'm so triggered. I'm so triggered! We should have given a trigger warning before we started. But you really enjoyed doing that, didn't you? I did. It was a great song. And sure, the lyrics make zero sense, but it is bursting with energy. And even today, admit it, when they play it on the radio, you can't help but get up and dance. That's what his music makes me want to do. And back then, it was everywhere. TV shows, movies, in the press. America gave in to the Latin rhythms and the energy of living la vida loca. No one could have guessed that it would become a pop culture anthem, but it did. And soon, U.S. radio waves wanted even more Latin sounds. Speaking of Latin sounds, do you remember Santana's album? (gasps) 
I still play that. No, you don't. Yes. When you're cleaning. <laughs> I don't clean anymore. I'm like, oh, my mom's not listening. I mean, I clean after my baby, but that is it. Uh, I don't need to be cleaning to listen to Santana. I just want to listen to it when I'm in a mood. It's it's such a vibe. And I think that's what's so amazing about music is it brings you back to a certain moment in time, a certain feeling. And that was like just such a vibe back then. So yes, yeah, Santana. I mean, speaking of also other sexy Latinos, like, do you remember how hot Enrique Iglesias was? Oh my God, hold on. Everybody thought he was so hot, but I could not get over the mole. I could you not get are, over the mole. You are doing Mm-mm. him so dirty right now. <laughs> Enrique, I love you. Now that you got the mole removed, I can't. I could not. <gasps> I couldn't deal with it. Everybody thought he was so sexy. Not para mí. No. What but, do you have against moles? <laughs> I do want to get out of this mole talk. I feel like I'm okay, getting okay. in a hole. I prefer to talk about <laughs> Christina Aguilera. I mean, she was too dirty to clean her act yeah, and it wasn't just Christina. Do you remember 98 Degrees? Soon, even boy bands were releasing songs in Spanish. I mean, 98 Degrees with the Gimme Just One Night. Una noche. Okay, that is like the most basic, bland <laughs> attempt at a Latin song ever. I would have respected them if they sang the entire song in Spanish, but how hard is it to say... Una noche. And they couldn't even get it right. Nick Lachey, like overly mouthing una noche into a microphone. I'm sorry. It didn't do it for me. I'm sorry. It was basic Spanish 101. They skipped the whole semester and I'm not here for it. Bye. They were like, I like milk. Me gusta leche. Donde esta la biblioteca? It was really, it's giving no. It's giving exploitation. And it wasn't. One hundred. And it was not the first time. I mean, other artists tried to do the same thing. Do you remember the early 90s? Color Me Bad, Rico Suave. Rico Suave? I don't remember them. Wait, do you know that I just did an interview with Rico Suave? No, you didn't. It was a Rico Suave. Stop. Sorry to interrupt the recording, everybody. Rico Suave? And you interviewed him? <laughs> uh, sorry. We've so, been interrupted. On. We have been interrupted. Okay. Yeah, I need a little more background as to why you interviewed Rico. <laughs> <laughs> Is he like a Walmart greeter now? <laughs> I just shared that I interviewed Rico Suave and our producer, Carlos, jumped in the shook. middle of our recording. He shook. shook the Zoom. He is shook it. Okay, <laughs> to go to 98 degrees. This episode is pure fucking chaos. Okay, so let me tell you what happened. I was doing an integration for Amazon because I host a lot of their shows, their live streams. And Rico Suave has actually become quite the entrepreneur. Okay. What? Yes. Rico Suave has a line of salsas and sauces. And they are very popular and people all over the world indulge in their delicious flavor profiles from Latin to barbecue. So therefore, Rico Suave has made a buck or two beyond his like one hit wonder fame. So Rico, you're welcome. And thank you guys. That was fun. So he still is Rico. He's muy rico. Not suave so much. (laughs) That's that's suave as he used to be. Muy rico. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. Ricky Martin opened the door for artists to make their music, not just gimmicky one-hit wonders. Preach. 
After the Live in La Vida Loca phenomenon, Ricky released the song She's All I Ever Had as the second single from the album. It also made its way to the top singles charts. Ricky had a Spanish version, Bella, that also topped the charts in the hot Latin tracks. With Ricky on every radio station and with other artists following, the opinions of the Latino community started changing. When called a voice for those Latinos, Ricky said, There are many stereotypes in Puerto Rico or Latin America, but there are also many things that we must change. And I feel that I have to do it, and I believe that I have the power to do it. Here's a guy who pretty much comes out of nowhere, so to speak, and takes on the challenge of being an ambassador for our comunidad. It was perfect timing. A movement was building, and he became a catalyst for change in the entertainment industry. Ricky didn't want to take his foot off the accelerator. All gas, no break, Ricky. Within a year of living La Vida Loca, Ricky released Sound Loaded. The process behind the Sound Loaded album was to seize momentum instead of being cautious and waiting. Ricky was feeling lucky and he wanted to put out his next album right away. I totally understand it. It happens to me every time I meet an Aquarius. Those damn Aquariuses, water <laughs> signs. Ugh. But y'all, it was too soon. Soundloaded came out to a saturated market and bombed. The albums were just too similar. You didn't need to buy two albums when they were almost the same thing. First, Live in La Vida Loca, and then She Bangs, which kind of seemed like a part two of Live in La Vida Loca. It was like eating the same dessert twice. Which isn't always bad, but in this situation, <sighs> it was. Mm, I'm getting hungry now. We should go out for cake after this. Cake and tequila? <laughs> I'll be. But the point is, when you start out that red hot, it's hard to stay on top. And soon, even great sales seem like a disappointment. Listen, the higher you climb, the harder the fall. That's just how show business works. That's how love works, Haney. I think you need better boyfriends, Joseph. Like, <laughs> can you get on Raya or something? Can we who upgrade from Grinder to Raya? <laughs> who are you telling? <laughs> People began to question whether Ricky was just another pre-made, manufactured pop star. Any pop star, really. Too studied, too well-dressed, too well-groomed. All in all, too perfect. And it was just as easy to hate him as it was to love him. And at some point, the media turned its back on Ricky. And the audience doesn't blame the media, but they do blame Ricky. Oh, et tu brute. Ricky Martin's star was fading. He was no longer the guy everyone wanted, but now he was the guy everyone wanted to hate. I still want him. Naturally. <laughs> but it's really the nature of the beast, fame. But Ricky took it as a low blow, like really personal. You know, if you're sexy and funny and handsome and extremely talented, everyone wants to take pictures of you. Believe me, I know that all too well. Name one person. That wanted just, to take a picture of you. I, I, it's just too many. It's just countless, <laughs> countless people. I can't even go outside of my apartment, I'm telling you. The media put him under a microscope. He was one of the most handsome men in the world. But what was his story? He said, when I get on stage, I give it my all. The same as when I'm in front of the cameras. And that's why when I lock myself in my room, that belongs only to me. That key is not for sale. It wasn't enough for audiences to enjoy Ricky's performances. They wanted more. They wanted to know what was hiding behind that door. Girl. And it was way back in 1999. He was photographed on the beach with women, with men, with people. What did it all really matter? Love is love, right? Exactly. 
Ricky Martin, like many other celebrities at the height of their careers, endured endless speculation about his sexuality. He'd brush it off by saying either that he wasn't gay or deflect by saying, hey, I'm a pop star. You can fantasize about me all you want. Mmm, Papi Chulis, you don't have to tell me twice. Ricky's personal life became under such scrutiny, it deserves an episode on its own. <sighs> You're such a tease. I can't stand you. I know. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For Ricky, being the center of attention stopped being fun. He wanted to quit. In 2001, he already had six albums with three international hits and two Grammys. To his credit, he gave himself to his audience and to his performances. But he soon got tired of the insistent and continuous questions about his private life. Ricky wanted his life back. It was time to step back and reflect on what was happening around him. OMG. 
After the huge success of Live in La Vida Loca and Sound Loaded, Ricky got on his plane and decided to travel the world. He went to India and fell in love with the country, its people, and its culture. He has said of his trip there, I went to India and Nepal, and I have to admit that when I got there, I experienced a spiritual awakening. It was a trip that changed my life. I felt an inner peace that I'd never felt before. It's giving the eat, pray, love phase for Ricky. You know what? I actually love that book, and I love the movie even more. There, I said it. What? It was a book? (laughs) I need to get you an Audible subscription stat. (laughs) That's how Ricky began his annual trips to India and where he discovered his daily meditation practice. India helped him find his footing to discover who he was as a person and as a human being. Ricky traveled through rural areas for two or three weeks at a time, staying in whatever local accommodations were available. Oh, hell no, Haney. I need that five-star rating. You and your four seasons, I cannot (laughs) with you. Ricky, on the other hand, grew a beard, carried a backpack, and rode in beat-up cars and trains all over India. He loved the magic of the country and still tries to go back twice a year. Ah, the stars. They're just like us. Sounds like my trip's back to Juarez. Ricky's time in India infused centeredness into his life. He said, Every morning, my priority is to have my feet on the ground. That's the most important thing. Because after listening to so many people telling you what a good musician you are, how well you perform on stage, you start to live in the clouds. And if you live in the clouds, when you come down, the fall hurts a lot. That's why I have to be strong on a spiritual and emotional level. During these trips, Ricky became aware of the economic and social problems that plagued India. This is all feeling very Siddhartha, right? Hold on. You're telling me that you haven't read Eat, Pray, Love, but you've read Siddhartha? Levels, Lils. There are levels to me. In 2002, Martin witnessed the horrors of human trafficking as he rescued three girls living in the impoverished streets of India. Preventing these girls from falling prey to this horrendous crime was a personal awakening. Ricky not only talked about what he saw, but he took action. His experience influenced him so much that it later led him to the creation of the Ricky Martin Foundation to defend children's rights, be it sexual exploitation or child trafficking. Wow, he really is a good person. He's such a good person. Ricky, strengthened by his spiritual and social work, was ready to take another step in his musical career. In 2002, after several months of traveling and building his foundation, Ricky found his advocacy changing his approach to his entire career. He said, It's all about awareness. It's all about talking. It's all about telling people there's a problem that should be attacked. And I will use my music to do this, to leave this information out there. Honestly, we need more Rickys in the world. I'm inspired to do more. I feel like anytime you see a celebrity putting their fame and their megaphone to good use, it's really inspiring because not everybody does it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you ever been on a trip that changed who you are? Oh my God, absolutely. Um, you know, not to get like too emo and Oh too God, deep. don't start. Don't you pray <laughs> love me, bitch. Do not you pray love me, please. <laughs> I'm being serious. Last month, I actually took a trip down to Tijuana with a charity and a foundation here in LA. And we all know that there is a terrible immigration crisis happening in this country. And we went to visit a school that was started in a school bus because a lot of the images that we see in news are the grownups. But you forget 
These grownups have children. These children come with their families. And where are they getting educated? Where are they going to school? Their entire lives have been disrupted. And so I went down to Tijuana and toured a group of buses that are actually mobile learning centers that go around to different shelters and different places in Tijuana and help bring education and literacy to children under the age of 18. It's really incredible. And again, it's not India. And it doesn't have to be India. I think that's the thing is like, this is happening here. This happens at the end of my street, right? Like Mm -hmm. this happens in LA, this happens in New York, this happens in Chicago, this happens in small towns. So for me, it wasn't a trip to India. It was a trip to Tijuana, which is not that far. It's two and a half, three hours from LA. So Mm -hmm. yes, that trip was definitely a game changer for me. And I think it can happen on so many levels. I think travel is the way that we change our opinions and our viewpoints on the world, right? Well, yes, but now I'm not even going to tell you my travel story because that one was just so amazing. (laughs) I went to Fort Lauderdale alone and it was fun. (laughs) That's all. Yours is like eat, I love, and cool. Okay, first of all, you are minimizing what that trip did for you. So Mm -hmm. it was a huge opportunity for you to see yourself as an individual who is currently in search of being a better version of yourself. And you needed the space of traveling alone without the inhibitions and without the restrictions of others to really see yourself for the first time. There you said it. That is all true, folks. And I encourage everyone to travel alone if you haven't. It's literally good for your soul. I cannot tell you there is nothing more liberating and exciting than traveling alone. Ricky found his way. He found a spiritual path, an artistic voice, and a way to give back to the world that wasn't just about the music. And that's why Ricky Martin is one of the most influential artists in the world. There are so many artists that have cited him as inspo. I can't even begin to list them all. They've all benefited from the path that Ricky paved. Singers being able to feel confident enough to sing in their own language and letting the audience find them. So true. There's even this one samba, A Macalena. I have no idea what they're saying, but when everyone is Liddy at a Mexican party, you know what song is coming on. Puerto Rican singer Bad Bunny talked about Martin's legacy during an episode of Behind the Music. He said this. There's no doubt that he opened the door for an entire generation of Latin artists. I'm doing great things today in the music industry thanks to those doors that he opened. Bad Bunny, as we know, has been inspired by Martin since he was a kid. And one of the reasons was that passionate energy that he had. I mean, just because I can't get enough. Vente paca, vente paca, vente paca. I love when you sing on this show. (laughs) We can't afford the songs, but we can't afford you. (laughs) Bad Bunny also mentioned that he's inspired by Martin coming out. You don't have to be gay to be inspired by that action of honesty and freedom, of being yourself against the world despite everything you deserve. Hold your horses, Haney. We haven't talked about that yet. Oh, but we will, Joseph, on the next Becoming an Icon. Becoming an Icon is presented by Sonoro and iHeart's Michael Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.